Now, it must have seemed like a really good idea at the time. I mean, why else would have people devoted time and resources to building a city? And not just a city, but a, a city with a great tower that reached up to the heavens. They had cutting-edge technology that would allow their vision to become a reality. If they built it, they would have a place to live, not just themselves, but for the generations after them. They'd have security. They'd be famous. What's not to love about that? Well, sure, God had told Noah and his descendants to spread out across the earth, not settling in any one place, repopulating the world after the flood. And a big reason for God sending that flood was that the people had been doing what was right in their own eyes rather than living according to God's design. But these people looked to be doing pretty well for themselves. They had good land. They had great building material. They were proud of their self-sufficiency and their independence. So, what did they need God for anymore? So they built the city. They built the tower because they could. We are even better off than they are. Look around you. You have cutting-edge technology supporting your day-to-day -day life. You have means of transportation that allow you to go from anywhere to pretty much anywhere else on the face of the earth, even beyond. You don't have to go hunting or raise your own crops in order to eat the food that you enjoy from day to day. You don't have to build your own house or knit your own clothing. Truth be told, if any of us were having to do all of those things, we'd probably all fall very far short. But together, people can do amazing things. We're able to grow and distribute crops, exotic things. Now, go, when you go home, check and see if your bananas are locally sourced. I would be glad to hear it if they are. We can do things like build megastructures, like the Burj Khalif or the One World Trade Center that reach up into the very heavens. We can share information, even selfies, from any time and any place. So, what do you need God for anymore? Like the people of that place that, we, that would be called Babel, we are all mixed up. That word Babel sounds like the Hebrew word for confused. The word used like if you pick up a jar and shake it to mix up its contents. God came down from on high to see the city and the tower that the people had built in their pride. And there was the problem. The people had acted in self-interested and confused pride. They were self-centered. They wanted security. They weren't interested in spreading out across the earth. Their skills and their abilities had tricked them into thinking that they shouldn't depend on God. They wanted praise for their own greatness. So how great are you? How great am I? Is self-centered, confused pride really still an issue for us these days? 
Do you believe that you have it all figured out, like the people of Babel, that everyone should listen to what you have to say instead of listening to what God's word has to say about it? Are your relationships with your family and your friends, even your enemies, perfect? How about your relationship with God? Is that what it should be? Or do you feel all mixed up? Well, God came down at Babel to see what the people had done in their confused pride, to see it in action, but to keep them from diving even farther into their pursuit of self-centered behavior. He confused their language. He mixed it up and scattered them out into tongues and nations that would cover the earth. And God came down again in Jesus of Nazareth, and he saw firsthand people's self-centered and confused pride in action. Yet to deliver us and all people from our foolish and self-centered living, he went up, up on the cross. And he did so out of love. Instead of scattering us all over again, Jesus draws us together, giving us forgiveness, giving us new life. And that, that is where Pentecost comes in. Pentecost, 50 days after Jesus rose from the dead on Easter morning, is the anti-Babel. The Holy Spirit came in power on that day, not for the glory of those disciples who would go out and speak in tongues that they had never known before, but to provide the unity that our confused world needs. Unity in our Savior. Our self-important pride confuses our relationships. It mixes them up, our relationships with the people around us in the same way that it has confused and mixed up our relationship with God. So, God the Son, Jesus, who is both God and man, came down from heaven for us, for the sake of people like you and me, people who are all mixed up, the Holy Spirit turns us from self-important pride and it points us to Jesus. When the Spirit is at work, you can acknowledge that God really is the one who is at the center of all things. It's not you. It's not me. We have the gifts of the Spirit through his work as he draws us together delivering the fruit of Jesus' victory over sin and death. He reconnects you with your loving creator so that you might have what you really need. Through the Spirit, you have faith. Through the Spirit, you have life. The unity that God's Spirit makes reality in our world is a reversal of Babel. This unity moves inwards. It brings you closer to God in each and every day of life, opening hearts and minds to hear and to follow his instruction and to know his joy. This unity moves outwards too, just as it did in Jerusalem all those days ago, connecting nations and tongues. The people who had gathered there in that city of Jerusalem for worship for that festival of Pentecost heard these Galileans speaking in tongues 
of far-off lands, proclaiming the mighty deeds of God. But the miracle of that first Christian Pentecost wasn't just the skill of language that the Spirit gave to those disciples that day. The greater part was the giving of faith and the giving of life to about 3,000 people who had been separated by the curse of Babel. And the Spirit is working today to bring that outward unity into our mixed up relationships with our families, with our friends, even with our enemies. As the Apostle Peter announced to the crowds, the days of the fulfillment of God's purpose have arrived in Jesus. He is restoring that which was broken all the way back in Eden. And the sign of the age to come is the presence of the Holy Spirit working in and through his church. The seasons of the first half of the church year recall the events of Jesus' earthly life, making them a reality for us, pointing us to their relevance for all eternity. Seasons of Advent, Christmas, Epiphany, Lent, Easter. And now in this season after Pentecost, these months ahead, we go through the half of the church year that we call the ordinary time. This season points us to the new life that we have in Jesus through the working of the Spirit as he continues to disciple us. God is still making the reversal of Babel a reality through his church. At Pentecost, the disciples spoke in many tongues, proclaiming the mighty deeds of God. And the church still speaks in many tongues. As our brothers and sisters in Christ from all over the world gather together, whether it be in sanctuaries or in huts, cathedrals or homes, as they hear and proclaim again the mighty deeds of God. And sometimes it will seem familiar. The music, the language, and other times it won't. But still, the church proclaims those mighty deeds of God done in love for his people. He brings us together in unity through his spirit, with him, and with each other. And what's not to love about that? Amen.